Kristen, Kristen, are you there? I am. You feel so. You feel so far away, James. I am here, and I do feel so far away from you. I am separated from you by an ocean, but still connected to you by my heart. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. But why can't we have a royal wedding every day? Oh my God, <laughs> every day for the rest of our lives. Every day, I want it either to be a royal wedding. Or a lead up to a royal wedding. I want to be in a royal wedding. I want to be with you cheering and crying at a royal wedding every day forever. Same. But let's not get into a mushy mess just like Kristen. We have to recap <laughs> the greatest day of our lives. Should we bask in the glow of it? Should we get this show started? Yes, let's do it. I'm Kristen Meinzer, a lifelong royals enthusiast, just newly arrived back in the States from Windsor, where I was with you, James. And I'm James Barr, a ginger, royal-loving Harry and Meghan fan in the UK. And you're listening to When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast. Since December, we've been examining the latest news about the wedding, doing a deep dive into a pressing issue about the royal couple in each episode, and finally, giving our predictions for what we think or what we thought would happen at the wedding itself. And now... It has happened. And this week, we're going to break everything down for you. Everything that happened on May 19th. And of course, feel all the feels. Should we get to this week's episode, James? Yeah, let's messy bun and get this done. Okay, first off, we have to run through all of our favorite moments from this most important wedding day, May 19th, which we should just get tattooed on our necks. Right? Yeah, oh my God, I think we should do that. Yeah, everywhere. let's totally fact, do on, that. That's on my classy. bum, everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on my messy bum. Guys, we're going to be here all day recapping this, so strap in because there's so many this favorite gonna moments. It's going to be a 47-hour-long <gasps> podcast, our poor producer, Lindsay. <laughs> She's got a okay. bottle of gin in one hand and a pot of coffee in the other. <laughs> should we do best guests first? Yes. There were so many. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, best dressed, Amal. Wow. Oh my gosh, Amal with that bright yellow would you call it almost i mean curry yellow mustard yellow it was it was just the most vibrant saffron yellow i'm not quite sure the right it was a ray of sunshine oh my gosh with those cap sleeves and the square neck and longer in the back shorter in the front the matching fascinator she also had that date with her what's his name that actor oh i don't remember i can't remember his name rhymes with shuni fooney i forgot what his his name is daddy (laughs) oh but we have to also mention the moment we all screamed, though. No, of course, yes. So in, in the crowd in Windsor, there were a lot of screams at various different moments, but the biggest scream was for Oprah. Oh, my God. And screaming loudest of all, it was probably you and I screaming our heads off. We were literally going crazy. Everyone was like laughing at us. It was a real moment. No one expected Oprah to be there. No, no. And, and at first we thought, is that really Oprah? And she was wearing that blush-colored uh, dress and fascinator. She looked fantastic. But... Nobody had her on their lists of who they were expecting to be there. So everybody at first was in shock. Like, is that who I think it is? Is it really Oprah? Why is she arriving so much earlier than everybody else? Is she (laughs) bringing Idris Elba as her plus one? Or is it the other way around? What is happening here? Idris, by the way, yum. He looked great. but Idris looked so good. Looked so good. But we could not believe it. And more sleuthing tells us that because Oprah and Doria have struck up a bit of a professional friendship recently. Oprah spent six hours interviewing her and hanging out with her and so on, that apparently that's why she was invited to the wedding. Right, so she's Doria's plus one. Possibly. 
Yes, go Oprah. Though yes. I was shocked because apparently uh, there were no political guests invited. And come on, US, I thought Oprah was running in 2020. Wow, we hope she is. But I mean, we can't count <laughs> on that. We can't count on it. My fingers are crossed. I would love that. Kristen was getting a little bitchy at one point because of a very questionable guest in the form of Chelsea Davy. Do you I want to let it was. out, Kristen? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I was a little bit upset by that. And so were the folks sitting around us. I mean, of the many tens of thousands of folks who were there on the long walk in Windsor with us, we got very chummy with a few of them around us and the folks to our left. We turned to each other and said, shouldn't she have politely declined the invitation? He clearly invited her. Harry invited his ex politely because he didn't want to be rude and she should have done what Cressida Bonas did and politely declined. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have to be at a polo match at that time or I'm going to be busy (laughs) combing my cats or whatever it is that you do when you turn down an invitation to your ex-boyfriend's wedding. Right. But I am loving all the memes and (laughs) and it's one of my favorite memes from the wedding. It should have been me. It was. Yes, yes, yes. And it looked like she was almost wearing black too. So not only are you at this wedding making faces, you're wearing what looks to be a navy blue so dark it could be black. I mean, come on. So dowager conscious. What? Oh my God. But what about Victoria Beckham? Because she was way more dowager. Oh my God. (laughs) Victoria at least had a pop of color in her shoes, but I agree with you. (laughs) Posh was not looking posh. She was not living up to her name at all. It was just kind of an ill-fitting dark frock. I don't, I don't know what to say about it other than... I don't really get it. She yeah, didn't bring I have nothing it. to say. She I have nothing it. to say. David Beckham, he bought it. Like, David Beckham slayed. Oh, he looked great. He looked very, very good. Yeah, I, I will give it to David Beckham for looking good. Okay, let's talk non-celebrities. Let's talk about other royals, extended family, aristocracy, yes. and so on. We have got to talk about Kitty Spencer. So you might recall that the Spencer cousins at Will's and Kate's wedding got a little bit of attention or a lot of attention for wearing skin tight mini dresses that revealed a lot of cleavage in the last wedding. And this time around, it seemed that they were trying to keep it classy. They really covered themselves up. All of them wore dresses that were below the knee, if not nearly ankle length. And Kitty Spencer in particular, she wore this vibrant emerald green dress with elbow length sleeves and a square neck. And she also had some floral touches on it that had some orange and then her handbag and shoes matched those flowers. She had a green fascinator. She looked like 100% classy at this wedding. I did not see it any cleavage at all. It was such a classy look. And I loved the shoes. Yes. The orange shoes were great, which, which, as you said, I think just then twinned with the bag. It was all a very perfect, classy look Yes. Kitty. Can we talk about the hat? that Camilla wore. Oh my God, the hat. The Loved size. it. Oh, This is what you said when we were there. You were like, <laughs> it's the size of a monster truck wheel. I think yes, that's how you described it. that's what I it. said when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most hilarious description ever. I was looking at it like, is that a UFO? Oh no, it's Camilla's hat. <laughs> all that is pink the best feathers. Hat. Camilla delivered. Like of all the predictions we made on this podcast, Camilla bought it. Yes, that pink feather hat. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Though I couldn't see her face half the time at the wedding. I'm surprised she saw anything. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. I did like <laughs> I did like Kate's more subtle hat. The hat that just had the flowers underneath one half of it and then kind of tilted. I thought that looked very nice. Can we talk about Pippa? You know, the last time she was on stage with a royal wedding other than her own wedding was, you know, her butt. 
Her butt was on display yeah, at Kate's there was no wedding. Butt this time. No butt this time. No, she was wearing kind of a full skirted dress, floral. It didn't have a big wow factor. I wish the dress had a little bit more of a wow factor. I'm not saying her butt always has to be on display like it was at Kate and Will's <laughs> wedding, but I just wanted a little bit more wow to it, you know? We wanted a little bit more Sir Mix a lot. That's yes. what we were looking for here. Yes, a little bit more. <laughs> but it was cute. Okay. All right, one other royal family member we have to talk about, actually, three of them. We have to talk about Fergie and Beatrice and Eugenie. I mean, I'm sad about this. Also classy looking. They completely let us down. They so let us down. We wanted more from our babes. What happened? I mean, Fergie looked fantastic. I would have worn Fergie's outfit. And then the blue outfits that Beatrice and Eugenie wore, positively classy streamlined we discussed this didn't we because we were worried that that eugenie now that she's getting married may decide to tone it down in case of any embarrassment at her own wedding but we were like no she's gonna pull through she's gonna give us what we want and then she let us down she just totally let us down oh (laughs) but they did look amazing so well done guys just just wanted a toilet seat hat oh you know what i have to backtrack for a second back to just a few famous guests just for a second the Suits cast, Priyanka. Oh my God, the Suits cast. And Serena. Oh my gosh. Serena, Serena in that blush pink. Serena Williams looked fantastic. Oh my God. Priyanka with that lavender getup and that kind of almost wavy fascinator, that lavender. Yeah. It, it almost seemed like a wavy sort of potato chip, a delicious classy lavender potato chip on her head. I want to dip that in some salsa. Yes. Yeah, that, that is an amazing <laughs> hat. It's almost got French vibes. Do you feel that? It almost struck me as like a 1940s His Girl Friday or something. I'm, I'm not really sure how to describe it, but I love It was love beautiful. I love that it's kind of almost half of it is see-through, like it has the rings of satin, and then the other half, the, like the top of the hat was like diamond encrusted or something. Oh, and, and James, can we talk about... Janina Govinker. She is the one from True Blood who showed up in that, it looked like a 1930s or 40s dress with the black fascinator. The dress was kind of a coral color with a built-in cape sort of feature over the sleeves. Oh my God. She looked incredible. Everybody on the streets of Windsor cheered like crazy when she showed up. She looked amazing. I, I didn't know who she was at first. I thought, oh my God, who is that supermodel who just walked in? She looked crazy, beautiful, classy, all of the above. And our wonderful producer, Lindsay, was actually just telling us that nobody would design a dress for her to wear to this wedding. And so she just bought a vintage frock from the 1930s to wear to this. And oh my gosh, she pulled it off. She looked fantastic. All right, can we move on to talking about the ceremony itself? I mean, I love all these guests and I love what they wore, but we have got I think to I might cry, ceremony. but that's okay. We can cry again. It was just truly one of the most beautiful wedding ceremonies I've ever seen and definitely the most beautiful royal wedding ever. Oh, it was. Well, let's start with just Harry and Meghan moments at the ceremony. Just right. between those two. Let's not even talk about the service or the music or anything else. Let's just talk about Harry and Meghan. And so, as you know, James, I started sobbing the minute Meghan got out of that car alone, walking into the chapel independently. But oh, I just I felt the weight of the world. All eyes were on oh, her and she was by herself, independent, but also completely alone while the whole world watched walking into her new life. And I felt so much pressure for her. I felt so much concern for her. I 
I was so worried about her. And she just began walking down, looking serene, looking beautiful. And then Charles reached out his arm and she took it after she was halfway down the aisle and then took her the rest of the way. And it was just like, welcome to the family. You're with us yeah. now and everything's going to be fine. That's what it looked like I'm to bawling. me. Oh my God, I'm it was so, so good. I'm so sad, especially after everything that had happened in the lead up to that moment with Thomas not being there and Doria just looking stunning. It was just, it was a lot. And Megan just owned that aisle, you know? Oh, she did. She really, really did. And then Harry looking so nervous, waiting for her to arrive. Harry with, oh my gosh, that look on his face like he might pass out at any moment. Yeah, and the weird banter that we couldn't work out between Harry and Wills as they were both waiting. You could see that (laughs) Wills was trying to crack him up. Wills was smiling and joking around, and Harry was quite stone-faced and scared looking. He looked very, very scared. (laughs) He looked terrified. He did. Yes. It was almost like he was like thinking maybe she won't turn up. As oh. if, Harry, as oh, if. God. But then she did turn up. And he lifted that veil. Oh, oh my God. She looks so in love. They both look so in love. Oh and then according God. to lip readers, Harry said to Megan, you look amazing, then bit his lower lip when he looked at Megan. Wow. Oh, the sexual tension. Love it. Yes. Love it. So much love, so much sexiness. Oh. And then an awkward segue just to back to Doria. Did you... Did, how how adorable were the looks between Doria and Megan throughout that entire ceremony? Oh, yes, Doria. She looked like her eyes were just filled with tears the whole time. My eyes were filled with tears every time the camera would cut over to Doria. Oh, my God. And then Harry was wiping away tears as well. Oh, I loved it when Harry was wiping away tears. I loved that Oh, I'm going to go again. So I'm going to go again. And then we have to talk about the Bishop Michael Curry from the United States, from Chicago. Yeah, I loved that the U.S. had full representation at this ceremony. Yeah, he gave quite a sermon, a sermon that was about love. It was about fire. He brought up Martin Luther King Jr. He brought up civil rights. He brought up slavery. He went all over the places that I cannot imagine the Church of England ever going in a royal wedding in the past. It just went there. And so much of it was very moving. It it seemed that it was a precedent. It seemed that we were watching history being made. And yet at the same time, you could see that not everybody was really into it. Whenever the camera cut away to the queen, for example, or Beatrice and Eugenie seemed to kind of be laughing at him. I couldn't quite tell. I don't know, because on one hand, I'm like, this was a really beautiful moment. And I'm, I'm glad that Michael Curry said the things he said. But then on the other hand, I couldn't help but think it was quite funny how long it was going and how un-British it felt. It was so jarring for a British crowd. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess to an American audience, it was pretty normal. But to us and to the people around us in Windsor, we were all like, okay, this is... This is, okay, wow, this is going on a little long now. And that's when they started cutting to the Queen, and the Queen was doing that weird thing with her shoulders. And (laughs) even Meghan and Harry were giving each other looks like they gave each other when Liam Payne did that fist bump, and it was all really awkward. So I did start to think, okay, you need to wrap this up before you do more damage than the good that you've done. But everything you said, perfect. Yes, I I just think you're right. If the sermon were half the length that it was, but covered all the same ground, I think it would have gone over just a little bit better with the UK crowd. By the way, just a quick side note, you know that the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan, that's her new title, well, a previous Duke of Sussex was a campaigner against slavery. So that feels significant too, that they've been given that title. Yes, yes. Of course, we also have to talk about the gospel choir, the kingdom choir. 
Oh, Stand by Me. They were oh fantastic. When they sang Stand by Me, the 150,000 people or however many people were there in Windsor all sang along. You and I were singing along. And then they sang This Little Light of Mine. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is so lovely. Because, so good. Like we all know Harry and Meghan have a light inside of them and, and they're going to let it shine. They it are. was perfect. They are. And that song was very important during the civil rights movement also. It's just I loved seeing all of those parts of black American culture being a part of of this wedding. And it really was honoring Megan's identity rather than just being another stodgy royal wedding, which I just, I loved seeing that in there. I loved seeing that. And in the there. couple also honored Princess Di with Lady Jane Fellows, who made a speech at her younger sister, Diana's funeral, gave the only reading. And I think that is so lovely as well. It was from the Song of Solomon. And it was just so, so beautiful. Yes, they did a number of things, actually, to honor Diana at this wedding. They played one of her favorite hymns, Guide Me, O Thy Great Redeemer, which was sung at Diana's funeral. They had flowers at the wedding. The wedding bouquet included one of Princess Di's favorite flowers, the Forget-Me-Not. And the couple also asked that the charitable donations that were made in lieu of wedding gifts include two of Diana's favorite charities. And then a wedding gift. And this is like, wow. He gave Meghan Princess Diana's aquamarine emerald cut ring, which is the ring she wore to represent her independence after her divorce. Almost saying to Meghan, you're still independent. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. All right, guys, it's time for the last time to welcome Jamie Cuccinelli, Associate News Director for Brides Magazine. She's been helping us figure out all things wedding style, fashion, etiquette, accessories, entertaining, decor, everything. Jamie, we have to talk about everything. Oh, my gosh. I am still, you know, a little jet lagged and I didn't even fly anywhere. (laughs) I'm still a little hungover and I didn't drink anything. (laughs) I'm just recovering from... The royal wedding and... Right. The magic was just so real. I think we're going to be in hangover mode for months now. All of the world. All of the world. A happy hangover, though. My body is in full recovery mode. For the days leading up to it, I only ate royal wedding themed food. So (laughs) it was a lot of lemon elderflower ice cream and cupcakes and... You know, cucumber sandwiches, cucumber and tea. sandwiches, teas. My body is just not happy with me right now. <laughs> well, today we're going to step away from all that food, though, and just focus on the most important thing mm-hmm. that yep. you at Brides Magazine focus on: oh, the yes. dress. Yes, yes. The dress. Let's, Let's talk about the talk dress. About Meghan Markle's dress. Well, dress is, in fact, yes. Yes, we should say that clearly. Dresses, plural. Dresses. Mm-hmm. But first, let's talk about the ceremony dress and what your first impressions were as she got out of that car. Well, it was really unexpected because for months we were going back and forth. Will it be Ralph Russo? Will it be Erdem? And then it turned out to be Claire Waite Keller for Givenchy, which was a total surprise to us. But I mean, I cried when I first saw it, partly because I was up at 3 a.m. that morning and I was very <laughs> exhausted, but mostly because of how absurdly beautiful I thought she looked. I mean, we all yeah. saw it. It was minimalist. It was elegant. It was very Princess Margaret, but it was very much totally Meghan Markle. It had a very clean silhouette with these subtly placed seams and this delicate bateau neckline that came, you know, right at her shoulders. And then there was that veil. That oh, veil. The veil. It was yes. over 16 feet long and hand embroidered with these beautiful flowers that represented, you know, all 53 Commonwealth countries. And then she topped it all off with that Queen Mary diamond bandeau tiara. 
And yes. oh my gosh, it was, oh. it was my heart rate is picking up just thinking about it. <laughs> Same. I'm literally fanning myself right now. That train was the veil was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the veil was unbelievable. I love the thought that went into that. It was very emotional just thinking about how much of her heart went into thinking about everybody in the Commonwealth and that she's entering into this marriage, not just as a human, but as a representative and a steward of all of these different countries all over right. the world and and how she folded that in. Mm-hmm. But about the dress, I, I, I need to say something here and it's going to sound a little smug. Nanny Boo Boo told you so, everybody. <laughs> it's going to be a simple dress. It's going to be a little bit Audrey Hepburn is what I said. It's going to be a little bit Princess Margaret. Mm-hmm. And not only was it a little bit Audrey Hepburn, let's not forget who Audrey Hepburn's favorite designer was. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. The same designer as this dress. They had a very special relationship that lasted her entire Hollywood career. Right. When you like get down to it, like Megan looked so completely like herself and so completely comfortable in that dress, even though it was so simple. And, you know, as much as we like to think of Megan as this fashion icon, uh, it may be weird to say, but when I think about her, I don't think about the clothes that she's wearing because they're so understated. I just think about that inner glow that she just radiates. And that's what I saw on her yeah. wedding day. There was like nothing to distract from that. Mm. Oh, my God. I'm just gushing listening to you both. And Kristen, like, full, I have to give you full 10 points for nailing that. You completely yeah, snaps for that. that. <laughs> like, full snaps. Like, I'm yeah. so impressed. But that wasn't nice of me to do nan any boo boo. I'm sorry about that. That wasn't <laughs> no, nice. No, no, no. I loved it. You deserved that, Kristen. You deserved that moment. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the dress in the evening as well. Right. The Stella McCartney evening reception dress. Were you surprised by that one? I mean, in the days leading up to the wedding, people were floating around the name Stella McCartney, you know, quintessential British designer. So not too much of a surprise. And then it was also very minimalist. So it was very consistent with the first dress. But very high neckline. Totally different neckline. High neck, exposed shoulders, a little slinkier, a little sexier. And she just exuded this confidence in this dress that I just loved. (laughs) Now, We have heard some criticisms out there in the world, some of them even from our listeners saying she didn't turn it up to 11 like she should have. Some people have said she kept it too simple. What is your response to that, Jamie? Well, you know, everyone is entitled to their own opinions, even if they're wrong. Ah. Yeah, one of the (laughs) biggest criticisms of this dress is that people think that it didn't properly fit Megan. But in my opinion, the dress truly looked how it was supposed to look. You mean both the ceremony dress and the evening dress? The ceremony dress. The The ceremony dress, people think that it didn't properly fit her. It could have been a little tighter. But I think it looked how it was supposed to look. The fabric of the ceremony dress was a double bonded silk caddy, which you know, simply put, it's basically a two-ply silk fabric, so basically a layered silk. So very thick then. Right. It helps give this, like, rounded, sculpted look to the silhouette, but it's very heavy. And fabric at that weight needs a little give in order to drape properly. So that's why we saw a looser fit with the ceremony dress. And then again, who said Megan wanted a skin-tight dress? Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that it wasn't skin-tight. For me, there was no give in that dress. It was just perfect. Yeah, I think that some people were confusing Megan Markle with her character or Rachel on Suits, because Mm -hmm. Rachel Zane on Suits does wear skin-tight pencil skirts, but that's a character. Exactly. That's her acting. That is not her as a person. That's That's not Meghan Markle, Duchess of Sussex. Yes, exactly. Isn't that beautiful to say? Oh, it's so wonderful to say. It is so wonderful to say. You know what? Everything was just so perfect. The bridesmaids, dresses, the little page boy outfits. Harry looked stunning as well. It's all just too much, but it really is for me. It's all about that veil. 
Oh, oh yes. that veil. That veil. It Incredible. stole the show. Incredible. And then when he just lifted it off of her face at the ceremony. Oh, oh my God. And whispered hi. Everyone, <laughs> in, the scre- everyone in the room God. screamed. It was oh, a great died, moment. Died, died, yes. died. Oh. Resuscitate me, Harry. Um, <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much for joining us on our Hagen journey. It's been incredible to chat to you. Thank you so much for indulging my obsession and for having me. It's been a great time. Oh my God, same. Look, we can't cry yet. We've got the rest of the episode to do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can find out more from Jamie Cuccinelli if you head over to brides.com. Plus, I'm sure we will be continuing to obsess about everything Duchess of Sussex over at brides.com. Oh yes, we need a baby now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We'll be back for that. Don't you worry. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. All right, we have to take a quick break, everyone. But when we come back, we're going to talk about all things wedding breakfast and evening reception for Meghan and Harry. Stay with us. Everything we missed whilst those cameras were turned off. (laughs) Right, we're back, guys, and it's time for today's deep dive. We are diving into everything we found out about the receptions. And I'm so gutted that they turned the cameras off at this moment because it's clearly the most fun. Let's do it. Well, fortunately, there are a lot of loud mouths out there, so we do have some details, supposedly. Yeah, first up, the Queen's luncheon reception. It was held on the Windsor Castle grounds. The wedding guests were invited to eat canapes and sample the beautiful lemon and elderflower wedding cake. The canapes included Scottish langoustines wrapped up in smoked salmon with citrus creme fraiche, grilled English asparagus wrapped in Cumbrian ham. Am I pronouncing that right? Garden yeah. pea <laughs> panna cotta with quail eggs and lemon verbena. Oh my gosh. Heritage tomato and basil tartare with balsamic pearls, poached free range. Oh my The list is so long. I cannot read yeah. all of the things on this list. There are so many Croquette of confit Windsor lamb, roasted vegetables and shallot jam. There was bowl food as well, pea and mint risotto with pea shoots, truffle oil and parmesan crisps, and sweet canapes included orange creme brulee tartlets and champagne and pistachio macaroons. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. And of course they had drinks. The guests got Paul Roger Brut Reserve non-vintage champagne and a selection of wines. There was an apple and elderflower mocktail as well for those who were not drinking alcohol. And we do know this detail. There was a performance as well. Somebody special playing a medley of songs at the wedding breakfast slash luncheon. Yep, Elton John cancelled Vegas shows and flew to Windsor to perform Circle of Life. Yes! Your song, Tiny Dancer, and I'm Still Standing. No crocodile rock, though. I, I really wish he would have also played Can You Feel the Love Tonight, but I guess maybe that wouldn't have been suitable since it was the daytime. So maybe he felt. I feel like it would have worked. I love that song. That would have been perfect. Though uh, Circle of Life is such a great song to sing. To sing. <laughs> oh my God. Why weren't we there? Oh. Um, now, some news outlets are reporting these things happened at the reception. Others report them happening at the after party. And it's hard to know what happened where because we weren't invited. Rude. But here's what we know about what happened in the evening Meghan and Harry drove to the evening reception in a 1968 Jaguar E Type. Concept Zero that had been modified to run on electric. So earth conscious. Yes, love that. Totally 
up the alley of Meghan and Harry and, of course, totally in line with Harry's father, an environmentalist, Charles, who planned the whole evening reception to be environmentally conscious. It was a more exclusive affair and around 200 people attended the event, which was at Frogmore House. Reportedly, James Corden played host and entertainer for the evening. Yes, so <laughs> weird. Can't. So weird. I just and- <laughs> can't. <laughs> you know what? I just don't get it. Why? Well, James Corden, people like that carpool karaoke thing. They're, they're yeah, okay, that. cool. But is he driving an environmentally friendly car when he's recording carpool karaoke? Ooh, snap. By the way, the folks completely <laughs> were not into James Corden who were sitting around us at the yeah, wedding. Yeah, there's a thing about that in the UK. I just feel like maybe you guys love him a little more than we do. Anyway, sorry. Idris Elba apparently DJed as well. Epic. There was a fireworks display at 11pm. Megan gave a speech thanking the royal family for welcoming her. Oh, amazing. I yeah. love that. I mean, come on, though. They should be giving a speech thanking her. Let's be, <laughs> let's be real here. They should. Well, I'm sure Harry did that. And he also gave a very silly off-the-cuff speech, which we don't know much about. And Wills gave a very raunchy speech, apparently. Ah! We're guessing he made some jokes about those sexy photos, the sexual <laughs> union, and Maybe even the FA Cup final as well. I would say that counts as almost a prank. But I'm I'm jumping ahead of ourselves. That's the bingo board. Charles also gave a heartfelt speech. And let's be honest, he probably teared up again. Bingo board. Love Charles. Yes. And we've come around to Charles. We've come around over the course of this series of episodes. We've come to like him. I think we started out a little bit so-so about him. But I think we... You and I both have warmed to him. He even said, my darling old Harry, I'm so happy for you. Charles oh, is Charles is the one. God. I love Charles suddenly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm getting so emotional just thinking about all of this stuff. Same. Oh, my God. The first song. Let's talk about the first song. Okay. So we discussed it on this show. I was very skeptical. You thought it was true that the first song was going to be Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. And you know what? Reports are saying it actually happened. Do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> I should just believe everything you say all the time, James. There's no reason I should ever question you. I shouldn't question you. No, please never again. For midnight <laughs> snacks, there were dirty burgers and candy floss, a.k.a. cotton candy, as you call it. <laughs> that sounded really shady, as you guys call it. That's what we call it, though. I don't think people know what candy floss is necessarily. Yeah, it's cotton candy, candy, candy yeah. floss here. Um, the dinner itself was hosted by Charles and featured an organic, locally sourced meal. And like every good party, there was an after party at the celebrity favourite in London, Chilton Firehouse. Or at this point, I guess you would call it the after, after, after party. Because <laughs> how many parties have they had so far? The guests invited to that were also given slippers to change into, which is such a great idea. It you is. always need emergency flats on a night out. Oh and the royals delivered. Yes, I imagine their feet must have been aching. The dogs were probably barking, but they weren't ready to stop partying. So I love slippers. Plus also... I don't know if this maybe means they've been listening to our podcast, but there was an official cocktail, and the cocktail was called When Harry, when Harry Met, met Megan. Megan. Almost the so same as the, the title of our show. They got it wrong. They got it the wrong way round, but we'll give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so close, but not quite there. It not was a there. rum and ginger cocktail, though, and as we know, I'm the ginger. Maybe you're the rum, Kristen. I like to think so. I'm very new America. Yeah, that's me. In other news, the official photos have been released. Alexei Lubomirsky shot these beautiful pictures. There's a group photo, a photo with all the children, and of course, a sultry photo on the steps between Meghan and Harry. 
And on that note, I just want to say how incredible Doria and the Queen looked. It wasn't until I saw these photos that I realized they had coordinated outfits. Oh, Queen Elizabeth yes. of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth and Queen Doria of the United States had yes. had a chat about what they were going to wear before the big day. How perfect is that? Just perfect. And in those pictures, I just look at Doria in that main photo and I get misty all over again just thinking about what that means to the world to see Doria and Megan there as part of this family now. Ugh, just love it. Just love it. Just love it. Other details that we know. Flowers from the royal wedding were hand-tied into bouquets and given to the Hackney Hospice, which we love. Think how happy everyone must have been to receive those beautiful flowers as a present after the wedding. And Megan, of course, followed tradition and laid her bouquet at the grave of the unknown warrior in Westminster Abbey, as all royal brides have done since the Queen Mum. We've also found out about Meghan and Harry's first public engagement since the wedding, and it's happening today, the day we're recording, Tuesday, 22nd of May, to celebrate Prince Charles' 70th birthday at Buckingham Palace. It's a few months early for some strange reason. His birthday's in November. What? Maybe he just couldn't wait. Maybe he just wants to do it while everyone's still in town for the wedding, I guess. Right. Like everyone's yeah, he here wants anyway. Oprah at his birthday. Of course he does. Who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, there will be more than 6,000 people from charities Charles supports in attendance. Go, Charles. You did great at the wedding. He, he did such a great job. He did. And, and hopefully his early birthday celebrations will be just as festive and heartfelt for him. <laughs> we just have so much to talk about. The Duchess of Sussex now has her official Yay! webpage on the royal family's website and it's incredible. Yes, they talk about her being a proud feminist. And hello, yes, royal wedding people, royal family people. It is time that we have a card-carrying proud feminist right there with the royals. And we have one now. So, so thrilled about that. Megan, you be you. This feels like a big moment for feminism. I feel very, very excited about this. So excited about it. Oh, my gosh. We could go on all day about this stuff, but you know what? We have to take another break. And when we come back, it's time for us to go through that bingo board and to unveil, unveil which predictions came true and which ones maybe did or maybe didn't. And our veil is 25,000 foot long. (laughs) And we're back. Oh, my God. So, as you know, we usually have predictions for what will happen at the wedding now. But since the wedding's already happened, Sob, we're going to run through all of our favorite predictions that came true, things we wish had come true, and some things we could have never predicted. Oh, my gosh. And if you don't already have your bingo board in front of you, you can find it at our Twitter page, which is at Royal Wedding Pod. We have those bingo cards pinned to the top so you can see all of those predictions. And we're going to walk through some of them right now. First of all, things we wished had come true. Harry, Harry on the horse. On a horse. It yep. didn't no, happen. Same. <laughs> we loved the idea of that. We loved it. Sadly. I wish, Kristen. No, no. no. Beatrice and Eugenie did not wear giant hats or ridiculous outfits. Sadly, they looked very understated and elegant. That did not happen. Mm. The Spencer ladies, as mentioned, did not show extra cleavage. We wanted excessive cleavage. Kitty looked great, actually. The Spice Girls did not reunite. No, they did not reunite. That was very upsetting, I know, for you, James. I'm sorry about that. I was super upset about that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Things we didn't predict. Oprah, I'm still not over it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We didn't know... 
that Oprah was going to be there. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. We did not predict the right outfit that the queen wore. We said she was going to wear blue, green, plus purple floral. What? Oh, my gosh. We never we never could have imagined that that's what she was going to wear. We also predicted three kisses, and that didn't come true. We only got one, which was not enough Ugh, for Kristen and enough. I. No. It Although, long. you and I were both saying that maybe they were kissing in the carriage a few times, and we missed it. We only saw them go by in the carriage after the ceremony for, what was it, 10 seconds? We were screaming our heads off the whole time. and Crazy. I had my phone in one hand, my gin in the other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think Megan made eye contact with us, though. Did you see that photo I put on our Twitter page? Oh, my God, I did. Yeah. Yes. She clearly loved our fascinators. And yes. Harry's look in that photo is like mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> we had the most beautiful fascinators. If you haven't seen our pictures, um, <laughs> please check them out because it will be your inspo for weddings to come. Yes. Now, let's talk about some of the things that we predicted would happen at the wedding that came true because we actually got a lot of things right. Camilla's hat, which we already mentioned. Okay. Yep. Yes. The beard. We got Harry's beard. Yes. <laughs> which, mm, Harry. We got his military uniform, right? Can we talk we about did. that for a second? He looked yeah, that was quite epic. so good in his military uniform. And I love how the wedding party matched that too. Like little George looked so adorable. Oh, so cute. We also predicted that Jessica Mulroney would not be a bridesmaid, but her children would be. And yes, they were. Not only were they in the wedding, but her twins actually helped carry the veil for Megan. Oh my God. That was Mm. so good. We predicted that Harry would wear a wedding ring and he is wearing a wedding ring. Oh my gosh. We predicted so many things that came true. And of course, we can't forget also one of the ones that I'm most proud of. Pippa was pregnant at the wedding. Yeah. How did you know that? I just knew. I just knew. I did my research. (laughs) We predicted that a fan in the crowd would be dressed as a roast chicken. And I don't know if I saw someone dressed as a roast chicken, Kristen. Actually, yes, James, there was somebody dressed as a chicken. At one point, you were. Let's not forget that. Oh, my God. Did we get a photo of that? At one point, you had a roast chicken on your head and you looked adorable. Yes. I swapped my fascinator for the roast chicken hat. So that actually came true because you were dressed as the roast chicken. Amazing. Someone had to represent. Someone had to represent. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was such a beautiful day. It was so beautiful. It was just fantastic. And I want to just thank you, James, for being the best partner on this journey I ever could have asked for. I want to thank Lindsay, our amazing producer who researches and writes every script, does all the sound design, has made the show so beautiful to listen to. I want oh, to thank so beautiful. I want to thank Ryan Dilly, our amazing producer in London, who has booked guests, who has helped coordinate this whole show, dealing with complete time differences, helping us to correct Correcting our pronunciations. Pronunciation. Oh my god, we just did say the same thing. <laughs> Help <laughs> as if we both said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Correcting our knowledge all the time. Yes. And I, more than anything, I want to thank everybody who's been listening to this podcast and celebrating with us, who's been tweeting us and writing us and just been a part of this great celebration because it has felt like a celebration across the world. We've had listeners write to us from Guatemala, from Sweden, from all over the Commonwealth saying that they're celebrating with us. And we have felt that love throughout this whole process. And 
So huge thanks to all of you who've been a part of this celebration with us. We love you all. We love we you do. as Megan loves We love loves you Harry. so much. We love yeah. you so much. We love Even you so more much. so. And <laughs> thank you for the pictures of corgis and corgi butts and your wedding outfits and your fascinators and all your parties. They all look so adorable. I'm sorry we haven't had a chance to mention all of you, but we're so lucky to have you in our lives. So thank you for listening. And Kristen, I need to say the same back at you. You've been incredible. I'm so emotional that our journey has come to an end, but considering we have only been chatting to each other for like six months, I feel like I've met one of my best friends in the whole world. And I'm so, so grateful that Harry and Meghan's love has brought us together as well. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. And you know what? The love between us will last forever too. Just like Meghan and Harry's love, we have a special friendship and a bond that can never be broken now. Totally. It's something that will last the ages. Love is real. And guys, love is real. Love forever. And refresh your feeds because you never know when Kristen and I may get back together. Yes. And that's it for this final episode of When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast. When Meghan Met Harry is produced by Her Royal Highness Lindsay Cradwell. Thanks also to Baron Ryan Dilley, our producer in London. As always, thanks to Andy Bowers, Archduke of Panoply. You can tweet us at Royal Wedding Pod, at I'm James Barr, and at Kristen Meinzer. And reminder, if you don't already listen to our other shows, listen to them. James hosts an amazing show that just won a bronze medal at the British Podcasting Awards called A Gay and a Non-Gay. It's a fantastic show. So funny. And I host another show called By the Book with Jolenta Greenberg. And the season is launching in two days for that, season three of the show. I can't wait. Please check those out. By the Book is such a funny, interesting, like amazingly educational journey it's such a good such a good listen Ugh. well one thing i love about both of our shows james when we're not doing when megan met harry with our other shows those other shows are also just about love they're about laughing and they're about love and if nothing else what we do we hope is a reminder to the world that love is real love forever i'm Kristen meinzer i'm james barr and we love you mwah